0: Welcome to Wednesday Afternoon Halacha Hour here on J-Root Radio. You can listen to us live over here at 97.5 FM. Also, you can listen online, jrootradio.com. And if you want to call in and you want to listen on the phone where you can't reach us by uh, internet or by radio, you can listen at 718-506-9099. The numbers to the studio are 347-927-8398 if you want to text which is the best way to get uh, to get uh, in touch with us. The other phone number, today, Baruch Hashem, we have Rav David with us, helping us here to answer the phones. And the number will be, the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Before we start the show, we just want to announce that we have, we have two announcements to announce, but the same. Number one is that, Today's class is sponsored by Mr. Nuts. That's not a person, that's a store. Mr. Nuts has anything that you need for purim. He has candy, nuts, dry fruits, chocolate, whatever you got it. You could go and make custom make your own Mishlo Ahmanot. And ask for Freddy, tell him you heard it here on Halakha Hour. Where is the store? The store is on Avenue U between 7th and 8th. The second store of East 8th. You could go there and... Ask for Freddie, you can hear it here on Halakha Hour. The second is the announcement is that if anybody would like to sponsor the show or to do a La'lun Nishmat in memory of someone or in the Imam, text into the station and just text in and your request, and we'll get in touch with you. Make sure you leave a phone number and we'll get in touch with you regarding <clears throat> any sponsorship. Okay, with that, we come back to our regular schedule. And we are learning Hilchot Shabbat from the Benish High. Ben Hai in Parashat Vayera talks about the halachot of Lil Shabbat. Last week we were discussing the Mitzvah of Tosef Shabbat. The Mitzvah of Tosef Shabbat means to add on to Shabbat. Like we explained last week, they we have an obligation. According to 90% of the Poskim, there's an obligation in the Orayta. This is also the opinion of the Shohan Aruch. And all the Achronim. nobody disagrees with this. There's an obligation in the Orayta from the Torah that a person should not come into Shabbat the last minute. But he has to accept Shabbat early. What's called accepting Shabbat early? We said that at least, at least two to five minutes before Shabbat comes in. And what Shabbat means over here, it means sunset. So whenever sunset is going to be on Friday night, you have to accept Shabbat a few minutes beforehand, no matter where you are. And you have up to about an hour beforehand to accept Shabbat. Even though you didn't pray Menha, you could always accept Shabbat for the sake of not doing any Melacha and not accept Shabbat for the sake of Menha, which means... You can have in your mind that i'm accepting shabbat only to restrict myself from doing any melakha but if i still want to pray minha, i'm able to pray minha. that is a mitzvah. that's an obligation today we're up to halakha zayin. and in halakha zayin there's an important halakha this halakha you should know is is a is a little bit complex at least if you try to look at it inside try to learn it inside Baruch Hashem. Damanish Hai says it very, very simple and, and we'll simple, we'll hopefully will simplify it. And that is, let's say one has accepted Shabbat early, that means. Okay, so we're assuming Shabbat is at 5.30. You decide to accept Shabbat at 5 o'clock. Now the question is, what about somebody else in your family or not your family, another Jew? For him, it's still a weekday. For him, it's still Friday afternoon. What is permitted and what is not permitted as far as telling him to do something for you? Meaning, could you ask your friend to put on the lights for you? It's for you at Shabbat. We know that on, in general, when Shabbat is here, you're not allowed to tell a Goy to do anything. For sure you can't tell a Jew because a Jew also has to keep Shabbat. The difference over here is that the Goy, uh, excuse me, that the Jew over here who has accepted Shabbat is telling another Jew who has not accepted Shabbat. Could you tell him or not? So let's read the words of the Benish Hai and then will bring you the source and explain everything outside. Now Ben Ishai says as follows, One who accepted Shabbat early, He could tell his friend that you could do a for him. Meaning, let's take Reuben and Shimon. Reuben accepted Shabbat at 5 o'clock, Shabbat is 5.30, he accepted it early, 5 o'clock. And then he comes, he realizes, oh boy, I forgot to put the food on the fire. So he goes and knocks on his neighbor, Shimon. He says, "Shimon, I need some help. Come. He brings him up. He doesn't hear I want you to put on the light. I want you to put on the fire, put on the food. But it's Shabbat already for him. And it doesn't make a difference. Since it's not Shabbat for Shimon, he's a lot to tell him. That's the opinion of the Benish High over here, which which is the opinion of Manan. And the Benish High concludes he says, even though you find in the Bah that he brings the Baze. The Bah says that it's proper to be stringent. He says, I hold that it's, if you're doing it for the sake of a mitzvah, let's say you're telling him to put up the food for Shabbat, that's a mitzvah, right? You need to eat on Shabbat. You should be lenient and you should not be stringent. One who has accepted Shabbat is allowed to inform another Jew who has not accepted Shabbat yet to do any melechah for him. This is the Halakha here in the Bani Shai. I want to go a little bit just in the background of the Halakha to understand it, where it comes from. And also to understand all the different uh, Totza'ot, all the different things that stem from this Halakha. Let's begin. There's a Gemara that says like this. There's something called Tehum on Shabbat. What does that mean, Tehum? On Shabbat, one is not allowed to leave the city that he's residing in on Shabbat. Outside the city parameters, another two Thamot. Okay, that's the halakha, it's called Tehum Shabbat. 2,000 amot, the distance is of about, let's say, 4,000 feet, let's say. A person is not allowed to go outside of the city, outside of 2,000 amot. If you're living here in Brooklyn, it's not so common. But if you go up to the mountains in the summer, and you have these little villages and towns, so that's also a city. If you want to walk from town to town or from city to city on Shabbat because somebody has a Simcha in the Bungal colony, in the Bungal colony somewhere else, so that's where it's very relevant. On Shabbat, you may not leave outside of 2,000 Amot. However, the Hakim made something and they said the following. You could push your 2,000, you have a really 2,000 Amot radius. So let's say you have to travel to the east. What you could do is by a Takana of something called Ayruv, you could take a certain amount of food place it near the edge of your 2000 limit and then you what you could do is you could take the 2000 basically these uh 2000 amot that you're allowed to leave from the west you could transfer that towards the east this way giving you from your city 4000 amot to the east but at the same time now you can't leave the city from the western side at all you're stuck by the edge of the city, you don't, you're not even allowed to leave a little bit. Whatever you take from one side, you could transfer to the other side, but you lose it on the other side. That's the concept of tehumi. So the Gemara says, if a person has a tehum on Shabbat, where well, he's allowed to go to, where well, his friend is not allowed to go to. One could ask from his friend that wherever he's going there, to the other tehum, where he's, let's say, let's take Abraham and Yitzhak. So Abraham is not allowed to travel west and Yitzhak is now to travel east because they both did a reveal in two opposite sides of the city. So now Abraham can tell Yitzhak, listen, I know that you have a field over here and I'm going to guard it for you over Shabbat on the condition that you guard for me my field on the other side, on the western side. So each one could guard for somebody else. And even though they each may not go to the other person's tehum, to the other person's area, they could still guard for each other. Says the this is a Gemara. Says the from this Gemara, you see from here, that even though it's forbidden for one person to do something, if it's mutar, if it's permitted for another Jew to do it, then you could ask of him to do it. And from there he learns that this is the Halakha when it comes to Erev Shabbat. This, this is very practical on every Friday afternoon. Here, there's a Jew who has accepted Shabbat. Let's say Ubain accepts Shabbat early, 5 o'clock. His friend, his neighbor, Shimon, has not accepted Shabbat yet. So for Reuben, it's Shabbat. For Shimon, it's not Shabbat. For Reuben to turn on the light, it's forbidden because he already accepted Shabbat. He could go to his friend Shimon and ask him, Put on the light for me? Even though it's forbidden for Reuben, but since for Shimon it's mutar, it will be permitted for Ubin to ask of Shimon. That's where the source of the Halakha, although the Ran disagrees, and Maran brings that in the Beit Yosef, Bottom line, the Shohan Aruch writes, That's the bottom line of Maran. That the halakha like the rashbah. One who has accepted Shabbat earlier before sunset could tell his friend <clears throat> to do melakha for him. Again, it has to be before sunset. We're only talking about over here if you accept the Shabbat before sunset. Okay? The hadush over here, which we're going to talk about in a second, is that even though Re'ubin who has accepted Shabbat has accepted it with the minyan, meaning it was this, we explained in the past that there's two ways a person can accept Shabbat. There's a person who can either accept Shabbat alone or together with Minyan. We're going to learn some of the Halakhot in a second. When a person accepts Shabbat with Minyan, the laws are more binding, they're more strict. The hadush over here is that Reuben was accepted Shabbat early. He could tell Shimon to do melachah for him. He could tell another Jew to do melachah for him, to do something forbidden for him, even though he has accepted it with Minyan. And with that, let's talk about a little bit, some of the Halakhot, also important Halakhot, about accepting Shabbat with Etzibur, accepting it with the Minyan. These are very, very important practical halachot that happen very, very often, especially in the summer. In the summer, <coughs> now it's in winter, people are rushing last minute to get to Shul. You know, it's hard to even, you have to figure out a time to squeeze in the Mizvav to save Shabbat. When we said two to five minutes, it sounds like it's nothing. But it's really very difficult for a lot of people to actually accept Shabbat a little earlier. In the summer, it's very easy. In the summer, you want to accept Shabbat even before that. You want to accept Shabbat already much earlier than the, even the time allows it. So this is very relevant in Shabbat where uh, in the summer, where a person will w- accept Shabbat much earlier. We gave an example last week. You know, sometimes you'll have sheki'ah sunset around 8:30. If you wait to accept Shabbat till 8:30, that means you're praying in the shul at 8:30 arbeat. Let's say that's been putting it nicely. You can be done a quarter to nine. By the time you get home, it's going to be 5, 10 to 9. All the kids are sleeping. It's very hard. And if you're already older and your kids are out of the house and they're married out of the house, so it's, so it's even harder. You can't even eat that late. It's very hard to eat at it. this. Older age, it's harder to eat a late meal. So when are you accepting Shabbat? So most people want, like to accept Shabbat very early. It's still daytime outside. So in that case, you accept Shabbat and you see others have not accepted Shabbat. What is halacha? What could you do? What could you not do? First, you have to learn. we have to learn some halachot regarding accepting Shabbat. Number one is, when a person accepts Shabbat by himself. What does that mean? It means, I'm going to give a time right now. Let's say Shabbat is at 6 o'clock. Sunset is at 6 o'clock. A person wants accepted accept it at 5.30. He, at 5.30, decides on his own to say, I accept upon myself, tosevet Shabbat, the Mizvah, of adding on to Shabbat. Then the becomes that <clears throat> he becomes, he, he turns into Shabbat mode 99% of the way. Which means, He's forbidden with 99% of the things that uh, anybody else would be forbidden with on Shabbat. He can't do anything that he can on Shabbat. The only things that are permissible, that are permitted to do when one accepts Shabbat early is an Isur Midderabbanan for the sake of a mitzvah. Or an Isur if you really, really need it, although it may not be a mitzvah. What does that mean? An Isur is something like, let's say, mukse. Or, let's say, Amirah Akum, telling a Goy to do something for you. That's forbidden medirah banan. If you accepted Shabbat at 5 o'clock, or 5.30 in our case over here, you accepted 5.30, Shabbat is not here till 6 o'clock. You cannot put on a light, you cannot drive to shul, you cannot do any of those things. But, let's say you need the light to be on, you could call a Goy and ask him to put it on. On Shabbat, you can't just tell a Goy to put on a light for you. London does but it's not the same on its own time, but... It's forbidden to tell a goy anything that you can do. You can't tell a goy to do on Shabbat. However, before Shabbat, we're more lenient. We hold that you could tell a Goy to do things for you, even though you're in Shabbat mode, you're only in Shabbat mode 99% of the way. That one percent, which is an issuh banan anything forbidden by the rabbis, for the sake of a mitzvah, that would be permitted. That's one way of accepting Shabbat. The second option, the second way a person can accept Shabbat is when he accepts Shabbat with a minyan. Now here it gets a little bit complicated. Let's let's take the following example. Let's say you're praying with your shul and you're there, you know, it's a summertime, eight o'clock is sunset and you want to accept Shabbat early. So you go to shul at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, they pray mincha. If you ask Kenazi, they dive in mincha. And at 7.15, they're finished. Now at 7.15, they begin Kabbalah Shabbat Two, three minutes and already you're up to Bo'i as more Shabbat where according to the Mikubalim as well as the Pashtanim you already accepted Shabbat at that time with the Tzibur. Now the laws of Shabbat are more binding the, you added on to Shabbat an extra hour. Shabbat doesn't come till 8 o'clock but since you accepted Shabbat by Bo'i with the Tzibur with the Minyan, then you're bound to all the laws of Shabbat there's no difference between now to later on. You already accepted Shabbat all the way. You, even Issud Dirabanal, you may not do since you accepted it with the Tzibur. That's the second way of accepting Shabbat early. When you accept it either by yourself, where you're allowed to do Issud Dirabanal, and when you accept it with the Tzibur, where you become a in everything they're you not know allowed to do on Shabbat. There's a point that I want to point out over here. And although this is not so common nowadays, because the way the poskim bring it up, sometimes you may find yourself in such a situation. The kahal brings down that even though you may not be in the shul when Shabbat was being accepted by the kahal, you could be bound to the kahal even though you're not there. What do I mean? Let's say you live in the town. Let's let's go with something that everybody agrees on. Okay. Let's say you live in a town where there's only one shul. That's it. There's no, nothing else. In that city or in that town, there's only one shul. So this usually happens when you go away in the summer. You go to these um, colonies or whatever you are, you may be you're going away to a hotel in the city where you are the shul. There's nobody else around you. So in that case, even though you may not be present at the time when that Shabbat minyan is taking place, Friday night, once they say, kalam, you accept the Shabbat with them. Meaning, you go away to Shabbaton in some uh, deserted island. I don't know where it is. Okay, so you're standing out on Shabbat and you look at your schedule on Friday and you see that Friday night, the prayers will begin at 7 o'clock, 7: 7.15, we will have Kabbalah Shabbat. At 7.30, Arbit Shabbat. Arbit of Shabbat. So you know between 7.15 and 7.30, they they're already accepted Shabbat. Even though you're not praying with them, once 7.30 comes, even though Shabbat sunset is not until 8, you must accept Shabbat at 7.15 or 7.30 whenever they accept Shabbat together with, even though you're not present with them that's halakha binds you to it since there's no other shul in the town the graz which is Rabzalman Mliadi, which is the, Rav, the he brings down that if there's many shuls in the city they're not bound to it and that's how the, a lot of the poskings bring it down Mishnabirah brings it down Hamabadiyah brings it down they also bring it down they all bring these halakhot they all bring this halakha, <clears throat> that if there's more than one shul, even though you yourself, pray in that specific shul, and they're praying early, they're praying at 7 o'clock, and you don't want to accept Shabbat, that particular Shabbat, till later on, till 8 o'clock, or till 745, then in that case, you're not bound to them, even though they accept the Shabbat, because you have other shuls, some are Mahmir, that if your shul accepted Shabbat, then you're bound to your shul, even though other shuls are still available. That or, or other shuls have not accepted Shabbat yet. Moshe He is Mahmir, but in general, most of the most of the especially the Sfaradim, hold that as long as there's some shul that has not accepted Shabbat yet, assuming again before Shekiyah, you're not bound by them. Okay. Now in the Tzibur, when you are though in the around the Minyan, it doesn't help to make a condition that I don't want to accept Shabbat. Meaning, let's say you prayed at 7 o'clock and your wife told you, listen, I understand you have to catch mincha, but I need some help preparing. I need some help to, to get some things ready for Shabbat. So go, pray mincha, and come back and help me with some things. I need you to, let's say, put on the, f- the fire and do some melachot to prepare for Shabbat. If you were with the minyan and you heard them say, Baruch Hu and you answered with them, then you accepted Shabbat. Sorry, you, even if you make a kiddisha, I don't want to accept Shabbat, it doesn't help according to a lot of the poskim, There are some who say that it does help. The Kafah Hayim I believe Ramo Shefainstein, also says that you can make a condition, but Pashub Shad of Maran and according to Obadiah that if you uh, said, you answered with the Tzibur, you answered with the minyan, Baruch Hu and you're bound by the minyan and you have accepted Shabbat with them. Even there's other shuls, but since you were in that minyan and you answered with them, Baruch you also must accept Shabbat with them. <coughs> So now with that, let's come back now to talk about a very practical case. Here we are in the summer. The husband goes to shul. He prays by the earliest minyan possible on Friday night. He's praying at 6 o'clock or 6.30 let's say. Shabbat doesn't come in for another two hours. By the time he finishes shul it's 7.15 he already prayed minha, he prayed Kabbalat Shabbat, he prayed arbit and he already accepted Shabbat all the way. He comes home and his wife and kids have not accepted Shabbat yet. Question is, must the wife and the children also accept Shabbat when the Baal Abayit, when the father, the husband also accepts Shabbat? Are they bound to him? What about the other way? The Baruch Hashem, there's a very nice minhag that a lot of the ladies accept Shabbat by candlelighting. Like we said, it's beautiful. Even though it's not an obligation, but it's beautiful. Although you're not obligated, but it's beautiful. If a woman could get herself ready by Shabbat candles to accept Shabbat, it's wonderful. It's great. So let's say here you have a woman who was accepted Shabbat earlier. And now her husband sees that she accepted Shabbat by candle lighting. Is he bound to her? Could he still drive to shul? What about the children? The little kids? We're not talking about the adults above Bar Mitzvah. Maybe you could say they're different. But what about the little children? Are they bound? What's the difference? The difference will be is, let's take the first case that we gave. A guy, a a husband comes back home from, in the summer, he comes back home. and He sees that his wife has not accepted Shabbat. And he already accepted Shabbat. Could he tell her, put on the AC? Shut off the AC. Most of the time, it'll probably be shut off the AC because the husband's paying for the bill. And that's the other way. So hold on. Okay, in any case, now he comes home, he sees certain things that need to be done in the house. Could he tell his wife, do it? Could he tell his children who have not accepted Shabbat? Again, I want to stress, this is only before sunset. Once it's sunset, or if you're in a town or in a village or in a, in a colony or you're away where there's only one shul and everybody in the shul already accepted Shabbat, there's nothing to talk about. Everybody's bound to it. If you're only here, we're talking about, let's say you live in Brooklyn where you can't get away from a shul. There's a shul on every single block and every corner and there's people who have shteebols everywhere. Here is a person who has accepted Shabbat early. Could he tell his wife or, could, or do his to do something for him or his kids bound him or not? That is the question. So the halakha, let's begin with things that there's no machloket on and then we'll talk about when it gets a little complicated. If a woman accepts Shabbat, early, so let's say she accepts Shabbat by candle lighting the children and her husband are not bound to her Kabbalah Shabbat meaning, although she may not do anything on Shabbat mean to say, uh, let's, let's do like this candle lighting is at 5 uh, 30 which means that Shabbat comes in at 5 48 sunset comes at 5 48 uh, sunset, which that's when Shabbat comes in, so here's a woman who accepted Shabbat by 5 30 there's another 18 minutes till sunset the children and her husband do not have to accept Shabbat at 5.30 with her. They could each go ahead and do whatever they need to do for Shabbat. And not only that, Nalaqas says, like we just learned, that the woman could ask from her husband or her children to do a for her. She, they could ask her, please put on, they could, the, excuse me, the wife could ask uh, the children, please put on the light. I forgot to put on the light in the bathroom. Please lower the AC. Please higher the heat. Whatever it may be. Since the other people have not accepted Shabbat, she could ask from them to do whatever they need. Why? Because you're not bound by the woman by the woman's Kabbalah Shabbat. That everybody agrees on. Question is the other way. When you have the husband accepting Shabbat, since he's the Balabite, since we in general people in the house are tafil to the husband, to the, the man of the house, in that case you have a few opinions. There are Mahmirim and there are Mekileim tell you what the modern, what the post from our generation speak about. But Feinstein writes something interesting. He says, really, a woman does not have to accept Shabbat when her husband accepts Shabbat. But still, as a Humra, he writes it as a Humra, not as a Deen, as a stringency, she shouldn't do any Melaka that's specific for him. For example, let's say he has a, speci- he has a study and over there he has a light that he likes to sit by that light and he likes to read he, l- he likes to learn Torah over there by by the light on Friday night so she could if he accepts Shabbat early at seven o'clock in the shul, she doesn't have to accept it at seven o'clock either Shabbat doesn't come until eight she's not bound to him but as a stringency she, she should put on the she should not put on the light that's for him that he needs she should put on the AC in that study for him why as a humrah that's the Ramos financing. Hagam goes with the deen, and he says straight on, he says, neither a husband nor a wife or, or the parent could force, could bind any of the family household members into Shabbat. If anybody chooses to accept Shabbat earlier, then Shabbat is earlier for them only, and everybody else in the house could do whatever, they, they, they don't have to accept Shabbat. They're still not in a Shabbat mode until they personally accept Shabbat. Which means, if a husband comes home from Shul in the summer and it's already Shabbat for him, he can't do any melaka. He sees his wife who has not accepted Shabbat yet. He could ask her to put on whichever lights he wants her to put on. Even the light in his own private study, according to Kham there is no problem. The Piskeh Chuvot, I saw, he brings a very nice proof. He says, if you learn the Shohana Rukh, if you learn the, the, the Mifarshim, it doesn't, when Maran says that a person who accepted Shabbat could ask from another Jew, to, uh, to do melacha for him, he doesn't bring anything regarding, uh, he doesn't bring any distinction when it comes to husband or wife. It seems very simple, straight halakha. You accepted Shabbat, you allow allowed to tell somebody else who's not accept Shabbat to do whatever you need for him. And he concludes with the following words, Peskitch says, although one should try to be as mahmir as he can, that if, somebody else, that if your husband accepted Shabbat, you should try to accept Shabbat at the same time as him. The minhag is clearly not that way, as we see many people in the summer. Men go to pray early, and the women still have not accepted Shabbat. There's no problem, definitely. Like we, we wrote, majority of the poskim, a lot of the post say that there's no problem with it. That is halacha zain. Let's just review very quickly. One who has accepted Shabbat could ask from another Jew who has not accepted Shabbat to do a for him. The question is, some people want to know how come this is not a problem like Amir al Akum? We know on Shabbat, in Allah, tell a goy to do work for you. Why? Because even though this Shab- the goy doesn't have the mezvah of Shabbat, still when you come to tell the goy, he might his Shabbat will be lowered in your eyes. Hakamim did not make such a gezera when it comes to tosefet Shabbat before Shabbat. And the answer is because we're not worried that you might come to do Melachai yourself on Shabbat. This is all before Shabbat. To tell another Jew who has no obligation over here for he has no excuse me he has no isur of Shabbat. How can we did not need to make a over here of the fears that they had when you would tell a goy? By goy, you might say there's a averah, some humrot, or some say that really because Shabbat will be lowered in your eyes, this is only to Shabbat. This is before Shabbat. You're just adding on to the Shabbat. They didn't need to make a in such a case. That is halakha zayn. With that, we move on now to the next halakhot from halakha het until halakha. Let me see over here. Yud Aleph, all these halakhot speak about halakhot in the shul. So a lot of the ladies might be listening. Most ladies, most women do not go to shul on Friday night. If they are in shul, it'll probably be like, either they're away on a Shabbaton or some sort of getaway, and then they happen to be in shul. But otherwise, most of the time, the ladies are not home. So therefore, um, they're more relevant to the man, but still it's nice to hear nice to know if Especially if a lady prays at home, it's good to know some of these halakhot. Halakha it talks about saying vaykhulu like, uh, no, sorry, mistake in Amida. Imtāa says between Shabbat. Imtāa be'abed Shabbat. We'd heal Tefillat Hōm. Niskal be'Am Sgamel Rakam. Gomer Utabel Rakam ve'Azul Ma'ash Shabbat. Person praying Friday night and he made a mistake in his Amida. Friday, Friday night we know we have a special prayer for Friday night. It begins <coughs> with the words Ata <coughs> Kedashda. And if a person by mistake began after saying Baruch Ata Hashem Hakel Kadosh, he began to say Ata Honein LeAdam Dat. And then he realized, Oh, oh. That's not Shabbat. Now, Lachat is that you finish that particular Berachat that you remembered. Even though it's a Berachat that you say during the weekday prayer, you still finish that specific Berachat. And once you finish that Berachat with the, the conclusion, which is whatever it is, Baruch HaTah Hashem, whatever in that you may be in, then you go back and you begin the part, the section that has to do with Shabbat, which is Atah Why is it so? The Berachot explains, that really, we were supposed to pray the regular weekday tefillah every single day, including Shabbat, which is three berachot in the beginning, three berachot at the end, and in the middle, we have 12, 13 berakot. At the time it was 12, now it's 13 berachot. The only thing is the Hakameen felt that, you know what, Shabbat, we wanted to enjoy Shabbat, relax a little bit, have more time to go home and enjoy Shabbat, so therefore they made the Amilat shorter. Instead of 13 berachot in the middle, they cut it down to just one. So now the Amidah has only seven brachot. The three first ones and the three last ones and the one in the middle which concludes with the words Baruch Atah Hashem and If one by accident began at different, different words, he started saying the blessings of the weekday Amidah, he doesn't have to interrupt because anyway, we're trying to do this takanah. I mean, we're making this takkanah and they made the Amidah shorter for you to try to make it shorter for you. The fact that you went ahead and started saying it, you've not done anything wrong. You can finish it. It's not a brachal Finish the brachot. And then once you finish Ibrahim, then afterwards you could come back and continue your Amida from the, the Amida of Shabbat, that is. These halakhot, there's a lot of these, uh, the details of these halakhot, but we're going to talk about in Pashat Tuldot. That's where Benish Ishai talks about more at length. We're just saying, in short, if you make a mistake, you're allowed to finish Ibrahim, not you're to. You must finish Ibrahim and then afterwards only come back to it. The next part of this halakhat, Benish Hayat says, there is a part, if you notice, in Amida on Friday, on uh, Shabbat, in Minha, now let's start like this. In Friday night, Lel Shabbat, and Shabbat morning, and Shabbat afternoon, Minha, that means Arbit, Shahrit, and Minha, even Musaf, we conclude, right before we say the words of Baruch Atta at the Shabbat, we say, Hu Ba, right? And over there, we say, we let the Jewish people rest in Shabbat, and over there, you, if you notice, on Friday night we say and Shabbat morning we say and Shabbat afternoon in the Menha, uh, some minhagim, some customs have that they say just like he said Shabbat morning, and some say and there's really difference of opinion. Really, it all depends on the minhag. Even amongst the svaradim, we find a split in the minhagim. Hakamadia says he should say bo in the morning and the afternoon. Ben Ishai brings apim mekubalim. You should say Bo in Shahrit and Bam by and the reasons are brought down. Very nice reasons are brought down over here. The Knesset Agudola says that the whole Shabbat is. We you know we say right in the beginning, Bo Ikallah Shabbat Malketa. Shabbat is like a bride. You're getting married, and in the process of a person getting married, first you go to the girl's house. You know, till today there's some uh, communities that still have this custom that even though the guy and the girl looks already, you know, they decide to get married. They'll go to the girl's house and ask for her hand. It's just a, a ceremonial thing, you know. Already they accepted, they already wanted. But that's how it is. You first go to the girl's house. You meet her parents. The family meets her family, and that's how it's all. So therefore, in the evening, we begin. We say on Friday night, we say speaking about Shabbat in the feminine. That we this is representing says the when you go to the girl's house. Then in the morning, we already say v'enuhu bo, says the, over here, why are we referring to Shabbat in the masculine? And because, because in the morning, that represents the daytime, that's the next step of the wedding process already. The Hatan brings the Kala home to his house to, for her to meet her in-laws, to, to, for her to meet his parents. And then by Minha, you say, we then in the already, that's when the Hatan Kalah are living alone by themselves. The Hayu lebasar Ehad already, when they have the, the union by themselves. This is how the Knesset Gedullah, the great Rabbi Ben Nisti from, from Turkey from about 500 years ago, explains the difference in the text. Other Ben events. Okay. Others have different explanations, different remazim, and everything. There's a lot of beautiful stuff on this concept, but the idea is that the Shabbat, basically, a person has a mini-wedding every single Shabbat. You're getting married, as the Midrash brings down, beautiful Midrash. Midrash says that when Hashem was pairing, everything Hashem created in the world, He created in pairs. When Hashem was pairing up the days, Sunday had Monday, Tuesday had Wednesday, Thursday had Friday. Shabbat didn't have anybody. So Shabbat comes to Hashem and says, Hashem, Everybody has a pair. I'm the only single one. Huh? You know, you didn't even give me somebody to, to be uh, paired up with. So Shem says, Shabbat, don't worry. You're not going to be single. Knesset Israel, The Jewish people will be your match, will be your zivug, will be your partner. And you see the concept of a marriage, the concept of a pair. And like in anything, in marriage we know that the woman completes the person, everything, everything that's in pair. You know, if you have one sock and you're missing the other pair, the other sock, it's not a pair anymore. You can't wear it then they're, they're not matching anymore. The matching socks makes it a full unit. It completes it. That is the same when it comes to marriage. A woman completes a person. As the Quran says, the person who's not married is considered an incomplete person. Shabbat completes the Jew. A Jew without Shabbat is incomplete. It's the same backwards. Shabbat without the Jew is also incomplete. But a Jew without Shabbat is an incomplete person. Our match is made through Shabbat. So that's why we refer to Shabbat as the bride a little bit connected, same idea. Halakhat speaks about saying Vahulub. After Abit, we say vaykhulu in a loud voice. That means not silently, but we all say it out loud. Standing up, even one who's praying has to say it. There's a big uh, very, very important. In Kabbalah, the person should say "Vehulu." What's this concept? Kind of why? What's so important by "Vehulu"? So the tool brings the Gemara Mas'het Chabad. The Gemara says like this: Amar Abba Menuna Kol Met Pallel VeYomer Vehulu." "Ma'ale Aleve Hakatub Ki Elo Nasa Shutaf LaKadosh Baruch Hu Bereshit." Anybody who prays on Friday night and says the paragraph "Vehulu Hashemayin Va'aretz" we could Hashem considers him a partner in creating the world. To if you look at the word in the Torah, it doesn't have any vowels. It doesn't have any nekudot. You could also read it, Vaychallu. Vaychallu means, they have completed. We know that God completed the creation of the world. Why does it say in the plural? They. Who is it referring to when it says, they have completed? It's referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, as well as the person who is saying Vaychallu. So when you say Vaychallu on Friday night, you're considered a partner in with Hashem in completing the world. We'll explain that concept in the second. The other Gemara the Gemara says in the second Shabbat, kuf tell him a bit, Anybody who says on Friday night, the words that <speaking> paragraph in the Torah, two angels escort the person all the way to his house from the shul, and they put his hands on his head. And they declare your sin is gone, you are forgiven for all your sins. It's amazing. What's this concept over here that you're forgiven for your sins? You become a partner with Hashem by just saying mere words of Vahulu. First of all, you see from here that's important. That's number one. Before we get to the halakha of it, you just see the importance of saying vaikhulu. Why is it so important? Because you have to know, you know, there's a concept they say if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it doesn't it make a noise now of course it makes a noise but nobody's there to hear it so does it or not the idea is that although something could happen if there's nobody there to witness it or to take part of it then it's considered as if it hasn't happened same idea Hashem created Shabbat if Hashem created Shabbat and nobody has kept Shabbat nobody is living the testimony when you keep Shabbat you should know it's a big statement to the world you're giving the statement to the world that there's a God in the world who has created the world in six days and rested on Shabbat that's your statement by just keeping Shabbat. When somebody sees you and he and he sees that you know a guy who doesn't understand, he'll give you something and say, like, I'm sorry, it's my Sabbath. I I I I can't touch this on the Sabbath. And th- what are you saying is, you know, of course he has to find out exactly why he keeping the Sabbath, but basically the statement is that there's a God who created the world, and just like he stopped from his work on Shabbat, we also stop on Shabbat. So therefore, by you declaring on Friday night, which is when you're already entering the Shabbat to keep Shabbat, you are partner with Hashem. It's like, because the creation has now come to its goal. It has, come, it has fulfilled its mission. The creation of Shabbat to show that there's a God in the world who's created the world. Now by you keeping Shabbat and declaring that God has done it, you're the partner in Hashem. You're basically um, confirming Hashem's creation of the world. The other one, the Hiddah, says a beautiful explanation. How come a person says Vaykholu is forgiven? He says when you say Vaykholu, any Mizvah that we do, we know we create Malachim, we create angels. When you say Vaykholu on Friday night, you create angels. And these angels are the ones that escort you all the way to the house. And these are the ones that you say, you know, Shalom Aleichem, Malachim, Shared Malachim, Alyon. These are the angels that you're saying Shalom Aleichem to when you say Kiddush. These two angels, says the hidah, he compares it to a wedding like we were saying up till now. When well, a person gets married, he also needs two witnesses. These two angels are the two witnesses that you are keeping Shabbat. And just like we explained before, when a person, uh, our relationship with Shabbat is like that of the uh, Hatan and Kala, is like that with the husband and wife, and because Shabbat completes us. So too, we are getting married to Shabbat, we need witnesses. And who are these witnesses? These are the Malachim. They are only created by us keeping Shabbat. So when we say val and we are accepting upon ourselves Shabbat, we're keeping Shabbat, these angels are created. And they follow us all the way to the house and they declare that our sins are forgiven why because we know the Gemara tells us anybody who gets married what happens when a person gets married his sins are forgiven we even learned that from myself so that's the idea over here the reason why the angels put their hands on your head and they declare that you're forgiven on Shabbat because you are like a Hatan you are getting married now again Every Shabbat you're getting married by accepting upon yourself Shabbat, accepting upon yourself that completion, you take upon yourself the wife, which is Shabbat. Therefore, you're forgiven from all your sins, just like a hatan will be forgiven. That is the drasha regarding the halakha of vekhulu Now we'll get to halakha and practice halakha. Let's start with the background. How can we say vekhulu after amida? In amida, we say vekhulu And it seems like we did our obligation from the to- from the Gemara. It sounds like you have to say vekhulu and that's it. So we said in Amidah, why do we have to repeat it again after Amidah? And there's two reasons that's brought down. Number one is, because sometimes when the when Yom Tov falls out on Shabbat, not sometimes, but was, whenever you have a holiday, uh, Pesach, Shabbat, whatever it may be, that falls out on Shabbat, so the Amidah is different. And since the Amidah is different, we didn't have Amidah, so you have to say Vaykhulun, so we say it when we finish the Amidah. Now, even though technically we should have only started doing the holiday, only when the holiday falls on a Shabbat, still they made the Takana that people shouldn't forget. We always say Vekhulu after the conclusion of our <clears throat> That's number one. The other reason that's given why we say Vekhulu out loud is in order to cover for those who don't know how to read. Once upon a time, majority of the Jewish people may, have, may not have known how to read the uh, uh, Hebrew. So they come to Shul, but since Vahulu is so important on for on Arbi, during be, we have no Hazara So therefore the Hazam would repeat Vaikhulu in order to cover, in you know, order that the people who don't know how to read should listen in and be Yotsey dehuba the saying of Vahulu. Many reasons are like Bainis Hai says are given why it's important to say Vikhulu specifically three times. Some compare it to Para like the Aliyah says, others say it's like a hazaka, you're saying it three times. In any case. There's a halakhah sulhanaruh, very important halakhan a seman rassa bit, And Maran says over there that when the Hazan is saying vaykhulu or when excuse me when the kahal is saying vaykhulu, or the of Ma'in Shah, which we'll talk about in the next halakha, Maran says it's forbidden for a person to speak when the kahal is saying vaykhulu. Even though you've finished and you're done, you said vaykhulu already. You can't go ahead and talk to your friend in shul on Friday night. When they're saying "Vayikulu," and he brings a, a very scary story in the Beit Yosef, and Abraham also brings a story. Story from the Sefer Hasidim. Sefer Hasidim was written about seven, eight hundred years ago by Rabbi Yudah, Hasid, one of the Baalei and he brings a story about a person who, who had a friend who passed away. This friend who passed away was a big Hasid. Hasid means a very, very big tzaddik. There's a and there's a higher level than the tzaddik, which is a Hasid. So he brings a story about a Hasid who passed away, and his friend sees him in his dream. But he looks at him in his dream. Usually, we know that people in their dreams, when, when dead people come to us in the dream, they shine. But he sees him very, very pale. His his color on his face is paled out. And he says, What happened to you? What? There's no sun in Ganaidin. They told us it's all sunny. What's going on over there? So he says, You know why, I, why I'm pale? You know why I look like this? Because I wasn't careful during Vaikhulu and Shul. Even though I had all the mitzvot in the world. But since I was talking in Shul during Vaihulu, I became pale. Now, if he was a really big Hasid, I doubt that he was talking every Friday night. And I doubt that he was talking about nonsense. He wasn't asking what was the latest uh, score in the in the baseball game, uh, basketball game, or what was it, uh, what's going on in the news. That's not what he's asking. I'm sure he's talking about something else. But still, you see that he became pale. Therefore, Maran brings this as a halakha, a sur to speak in the shul when the Sibur is saying v'ekhulu and the me'an shabbat. This is a halakha. This is not a humra. This is an Obligation on every single person in the shul. There is a halakha that a lot of people know. If you, a lot of times in the shul, you'll see like at the end of the amida, or excuse me, at the end of the arbit, you see a lot of people getting together and saying vakhulu together. So there is some ahronin that bring down that since vakhulu, you're testifying that God created the world in six days and you rested on Shabbat. So just like every testimony, you should stand up. The halakha is that you should stand up when you give your testimony. So therefore, we stand up when we say v'cholou. Also, besides standing up when we say v'cholou, you should also say it. Some say you should say it with another person because I do it in the Torah. Any testimony in the Torah has to be done with two witnesses. We never, we never accept any case in the Torah, besides a very, very minor exception of Haguna. But otherwise, we never accept the testimony of one witness. We always need minimum of two witnesses. So therefore, you need to say it with two people. A lot of ask on this concept because even when we have two witnesses. When each of the witnesses gives his testimony, he gives it alone. So, but still, since they wrote it, they say it's good that if a person should say it in pairs. But there's no obligation, especially if he's Faradi. In fact, the old Tzion, Hakan Tzion, brings the Hazon Ish. And he says that if a person is praying the Amidah, and he hears that the Sibur is about to get up to vaikhulu he doesn't have to rush his Amida in order that he should finish and say Vaykhulu together with the Tzibur. It's fine to say it on his own and even others who say, even those who say that you have to say with another person, if you don't catch another person to say Vekhulu with, then you can always say, just don't think you're saying it as an Aidut. So, this is the bottom line If you could, if you want, you should try to say it together with the Tzibur or, or with another person. This way it becomes like an Aidut. But if you don't, catch, you don't catch another person, you're embarrassing with another person, there's no obligation to say with another person, you should say it anyway. Like Benish Hai says, you should say it three times on on Friday night. What does that mean? You should say one time in Amidah. One time after the Amidah. And another third time we say it. When? When we say Kiddush. When we say Kiddush on Friday night. That's when we say Vaykalu on the third time. And the Sifarim bring down. Even those who don't pray with the Minyan. Like Bainish Haib brings down over here. You should say it. In any case you should always say it. to Make sure you've completely you've said it three times. Next Halakha. Halakha Yud. See we have. Yeah we could catch up. Halakha Yud. Yud, if you're praying again in the Shul, you'll see that there's, you have Ma'in uh, Sheba. What is Ma'in Sheba? ما'in sheba is the, right after we khulu, the hazan starts to say, uh, beracha. beautiful words of the Berakha, if you understand the Hebrew, they're always beautiful, but this is very nice. And different communities have different tunes, Ashkenazis, Faradim, for me, I still have the tune of the Ashkenazi from Yeshiva days. Very, very special. Yes, even the Ashkenazi tune. Okay, so in any case, the beracha Sheba, Says in English, let me just give you a little bit of background from uh, a little bit Kabbalah and the, the Gemara. What's the Kabbalah and Sheba? Once upon a time, the shuls were more affor- affordable because they were not in the, t- in the main city, they were in the fields. Fields, the real estate is very, very cheap over there. You just go to the field, he knocked down a few trees, and he built the shul. And most people had to travel out of town have their small little village or town in order to get to the schools in their towns or in their cities. Because of, because of such, and there's no streetlights back then, so people used to travel together to go to shul. And when they finished shul, they traveled together back to go back home. And people didn't like to travel by themselves and it was sometimes very scary to travel by yourself. You could bump into animals or the wrong people. So therefore, the hakamim made it. They said, what would happen on Friday night, a person comes late to shul? if it's any other time, then a the person comes late to Shul, you know, it's daytime at on At night, if you come late to Shul, what's going to happen is that you're coming, you're praying Amida when everybody already finished Amida and they're going to finish and they're going to go home and you're going to be left there. You might have to walk home by yourself. If you walk home by yourself, one of two problems could happen. Number one is that you might be attacked on the way home because it's very dark and you might hurt yourself or some, somebody might hurt you. Number two is you might reach home safely but you'll be terrified, you'll be scared, you may not come back again out of fear that something wrong may happen the next time. So therefore the Akhamim said we want to prolong the the Kahal in the Shul just in case somebody came late. So they instituted a Barakah called Barakah Ma'in Sheba right after the Amidam that the Hazan should say in case somebody came late then what you have to do is then then this way he could catch up to the rest of the Kahal and this way he could walk home together from the fields. That's the reason that's given for Barakah Ma'in Sheba which Technically, it should only apply if the shuls were outside in our days. We have streetlights and everything. Technically, it shouldn't apply. But still, that's the way it was instituted. Nobody took away the takanam. And therefore, we must continue to do the brachar b'en darizal says no. I mean, besides that, not no. Excuse me, you can't argue the Rizal says besides what the quran says, of course. But you said no. there's a deeper reason why we say brachar b'en it's in place of the hazara and you want to know how important the Hazalah is, go read what the Rizal writes about the Hazalah, how important it is. Very, very important Hazalah. So therefore, as such, it comes out that we're going to have a major Mahlokit when it comes to the following Halakha. Maran brings on in the Ruch, that if you have a Minyan that's gathering together in somebody's house, let's say in the time where Bet Hatanim, Person got married and they're having the Sheva Brachot meal. So they have already 20-30 people invited to the meal. So I said, you know, let's make our own minyan over here and they're praying in the house. Oh no, Aleno, the opposite way where you have Bet Abel, where the mourners they're praying in the mourners' house on Friday night, and they're making a minyan. In that case, says Maran, you don't have the reason like the way it says it in the Gemara, which is what? Which is that we don't have the, the, the houses in the field. So says Maran a person who is praying in Bet Hatanim. And pray basically if you're praying in a private house you should not say the brachah of Ma'en Sheba. Because the reason of the takana of Ma'en Sheba doesn't apply, this is not the words of Maran alone, these are the words of the Rishonim that come before him. That's according to the reason, based on the reason that it's in order to protect the person. On the other reason, according to the Kabbalah, since it's very, very important to pray the bracha of Ma'en Sheba, so therefore, according to the Rizal, you have the rashash, and you have also the Benishai going that way. And a lot of Mikubalim, the uh, even the, the Poskim who goes with Der Kabbalah, they'll say that if you're praying in somebody's house, they'll always say, sheba. Even if you're not in the shul. Even if you don't have a set minyan. It just happens to be you made a minyan, you'll still have to say the Berkha'al Me'en Sheba. And Be'en Shah brings that that's the Rasha's opinion. And that's why he made it in Yerushalayim as well. So therefore... What do we do? What do we do if you're making your own private night on Friday night? What is the deen? So, if it's a minyan that's kavuah, that every single week, even though it's only for the summer, but every single week you meet together on Friday night in somebody's house, that became like a mini shul, and therefore you will say the B'chavimayan Sheba, nobody will, then there's no problem. If you're not a set minyan, it just happens to be you made a minyan, then in that case, according to Shuhana Rukh, which Hamadiyah also says, it's a sur to say. He holds, it's forbidden to say, according to Ben Yishayi, you must say it. So the Oli own makes a little bit of compromise. and He says like this, In Yerushalayim, the menhag is like the way the Ben brings down from the Rashash, that the Minhag in Yerushalayim, even in private houses, that they say, regardless if it's in the shur or outside the shur. However, if it's outside of Yerushalayim, outside of Israel, certainly, if a person is praying on Friday night with a private minyan then it depends on your menhag. If you already have a menhag of saying I can continue. If not, you should not say and go with the psak of the, aruch, of the Shohan Aruch. Because really, even though we say Arizal, in this case, since Ariza didn't say it clearly, it's just on the Sifflam's words, therefore, it says you don't have to, uh, it, therefore, you shouldn't say some quick halakhot about manjeba, and then we'll finish. We'll continue with that next week. Hopefully, next week we'll finish the halakhot. Manjeba: If one prayed the wrong Abidah on Friday night, meaning he, let's say he didn't say Aleve he didn't say Masiyu Baruch, really Aleve you don't have to repeat. But let's say he didn't say Masiyu Baruch In any case, that person would have to repeat the Amidah. But on brings on that if you listen to the berachah manjeba from the hazan from beginning to end, you could be your yotzei de'puba. Other halakha that's brought down also, preferably a person should not bow down, the hazan should not bow down when he says Baruch Atah Hashem in the beginning of Baruch Atah But if one does already, if you see in the Hag in the Shul that they do already, there is what to rely on. If you want to look, look in Rabbah Alim, Halim, Gimel, Gimel, and you'll see what he brings down over here. So that's the halakha, that's the last halakha that we're doing for today, that's halakha Yud. Uh, just before we finish off, let's just give another word from our sponsors. Mr. Nuts on East 8th and Avenue U. Really, realize on Avenue between East 7th and 8th and they have all types of candy and nuts, and especially they're specializing in Purim baskets. They have a big sale now, especially for you, Mishloach Manot. Go and ask for Freddy and when you see Freddy, tell me, yeah, I heard on the radio from Halakha Hour that I should come to you and Barzat same will give you a good price. Also, we want to announce that Meanwhile, temporarily, we're not sure when the second class will be repeated. Usually we're on over here from Wednesday from 2 to 3. And it used to be on Tuesday nights from 10 to 11. I'm not sure exactly. We're going to switch the time a little bit. So if Hashem the we'll let you know in the next class exactly when the time will be. Until then, thank you for listening. Thank you, Dave, for taking care of the calls. And if you have any questions, I'll still be in the station here for another 10, 15 minutes. If you have any questions, or on what we learned on or something else, you could call in. Till then, have a wonderful week and a Shabbat Shalom.